0: I am.
1: And I am a young black.
0: black. A young black. Young black. A young black. Black.
1: Black equestrian. Equestrian. Black equestrian.
0: Equestrian. Black equestrian. Equestrian.
1: Black equestrian. Equestrian. Black equestrian. I'm a young black equestrian. I am a young black equestrian. <laughs> You're listening to Young Black Equestrians, the podcast, with your hosts, Aubriana Johnson and Caitlin Gooch. Today, we are here with Michelle Roseman. She's gonna to talk to us about her experience in the horse industry, as well as give us some natural hair tips um, as we make the second portion of our hair and helmet kind of video series. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. So welcome
2: to the show, Michelle. Hi, thank y'all so much for having me. I am so excited to finally get to like sit down and talk with y'all. This whole thing is just, I mean, I think I've told you before, like just having a space for us is just so Mm -hmm. mind blowing. It just warms my heart. I just love that y'all have done this. Um, So really, really happy to be here.
1: Oh, thank you so much. And I was just telling Michelle, like she has been Supporter from the beginning, like I don't even remember at what point, but I like you know always commenting, sharing this stuff, like always, like I'll always see Michelle Rose, Michelle share show, this,
2: show, show Michelle that,
1: and so it's so,
2: important. It's yeah, so important
1: yeah, yeah, the support <laughs> is there, and we are so thankful for it because we know that not everybody does, you know, or they'll support us with lip service and not mm. with actual actions, engagement, sure thing. and things. So Mm -hmm. thank you so much for that. Of course. So let's go ahead and get started. If you want to just tell us about yourself and um, where you're located and what discipline you ride. Okay. So
2: I am in Houston, Texas. So uh, I have been riding for a really long time. I started out, I guess my discipline technically was trail riding slash endurance. I um, ride out here in Cypress Trails. In Houston, Texas. If you are familiar with any type of endurance riding, you know who Darylyn Butler is. Darylyn Butler is the owner of uh, the barn that I ride at and she is uh, wonderful. I did some endurance racing with her, mostly doing trail rides and um, I did some training with her as far as like getting some horses ready for trail that type of thing. Now I am transitioning into dressage, which is a huge challenge. And I've, I've always wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm doing dressage now under my new trainer, um, Horse of Course Stables in Conroe. Uh, my trainer is uh, Alexa Cap, so she's wonderful. Uh, so that's what I'm up to now.
1: Nice, nice. I bet I mean, we've talked about this, uh, you know. I have endurance goals, man, but I just I need yeah. some I need time, okay? You know, it takes a lot of time. The funnest
2: thing—it really is so so fun. It's such a challenge, but once you complete that race, I've only done uh, a thirty-mile race, so I've only done just the the tip of the iceberg. I have friends that have done hundreds, and um, Darlin's done like millions of hundreds and things like that. So I haven't even gotten into the real endurance stuff, but. I mean even just doing that 30 the accomplishment the, the just the feeling of accomplishment that you get from that is out of this world so it's a great yeah. sport yeah,
1: yeah i've i have tracked our like fun fun trail rides like we do mm-hmm. on the weekends mm-hmm. and i think the longest one that we've done is like six and a half miles like okay. Okay. nothing yeah. compared to <laughs> but it is it is you know hard riding i feel like yeah. the difference which I'm not hundred percent sure, but some endurance riding is like, like it's the trail is meant for that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Not just, not just going through the woods because you know, somebody decided to go around this side of the tree and then we could just go go up this big yeah. hill. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, yeah, exactly. it's kind of different from our kind of trail riding, which is right. like challenge. Yeah. Riding sometimes.
2: and so and mostly in endurance especially with the races now the races are mostly held in the same spots every year so there are dedicated trails for that kind of stuff and before the races come up they're trimming back hedges they're moving logs and things like that not all of them so some of them do have like where if there's a log there you gotta jump it like jump <laughs> it yeah you know do what you gotta do and if there are branches just move a mile away but for the most part it's pretty clear and you just you know you just keep going you just do what you gotta do mm-hmm. get through it yeah. What kind of horses are you riding? Oh, my goodness. So I am in love with Arabian horses, and that is totally endurance's fault. Um, I love those hot-blooded, um, just feisty, spirited horses. I love, love, love them. And um, I got really lucky because Alexa, a horse, of course, she has an Arabian um, mm-hmm. at her barn. It's so funny. She's uh, bred to the T. She has a wonderful, wonderful um bloodlines but she is such a potato she's an heir but she's just not what I'm used to but I love their movement I love their faces I love their personalities um but I do have one favorite horse at um at the trail riding barn and his name's crow he is a Tennessee walker so just came out of left field (laughs) yes I know everybody (laughs) Yes! So, yes! Um, I, need I need to do a poll. I need to do a poll. How many people have walking horses? Yes, <laughs> and let me tell you, we're around family, so I feel like I can tell you this. Um, I was so, like, not wanting to get on the whole, like, Tennessee walking horse kind of thing, because I, for me, a big passion of mine is to get more Black people into English riding. because mm-hmm. for the most part, if we are getting into riding at all, the most accessible way to get into it is in a Western discipline. Yeah, In a lot of Western disciplines, there's a lot of uh, gated horses, a lot of walkers, things like that. So I was like, no, I'm not going to like this horse. No, I want to stick with my Arabs and I just really want to do my my English thing. But this horse just came out of left field, fell head over heels in love with him, couldn't help it, and that's my baby. So maybe one day I'll purchase him, but you know, still waiting, still waiting to figure things out. You know,
1: <laughs> um the the guy that runs the Compton Cowboys also has a walking horse.
2: Yep, just saying. Mm-hmm. Fun facts. <laughs>
1: but I feel you. <laughs> yeah, I I feel you on that though. Like I one of my one of my things growing up with my horse since I've had him to, at such a young age since such a young age was getting into different getting into disciplines that you don't see walking horses in hmm. um just because one I want to you know I'm probably still going to be the only black person there but right. two I could be there and I got my walking horse and everybody's yeah. like confused right.
2: but I'm still
1: kind of doing the thing so right um I did look into some of the gated dressage and oh, uh yes. or cap cowboy dressage something like that they mm-hmm. call it different things mm-hmm. um but I just nobody around here really yeah. does it and I just haven't had the time to kind of pursue that but sure. I'm, I admire you know anything
2: to get us into in the door you know exactly exactly and that was my biggest thing is I, I wanted to do maybe the gated dressage with crow but that's a, uh, it's not as, as widespread as, it, uh, as I would like it to be. So it's kind of harder to get to the shows and things like that because right. they're not so close by. Um, but another thing that a lot of people are doing with their walkers and their gated horses now is a lot of like working equestrian. I think that's what you call it. It's like um, competitive trail riding it's that kind of thing where you like kind of open gates and like go through like little obstacles and stuff Mm -hmm. and those horses are so incredibly smart and I just Mm -hmm. totally see them excelling at that so
1: yeah I got my
2: horse
1: (laughs) I got my horse to push a gate this past weekend Mm -hmm. and I think he he got so worked up because I got worked up because he pushed it one time and I was like yes yes (laughs) good boy good boy (laughs) And he pushed that dang thing, and it bounced back. And he's like, "Oh!" And i was oh like, my
2: gosh!" <laughs> my bad. My bad. We got, to <laughs> we got too
1: hype. We got too hype about this. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, back to back to my questions. Mm-hmm. So, how did you get into horses in
2: the first place? Oh my goodness! So uh, it was a crazy story. It kind of was like a love at first sight thing. It just hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, when I was eleven, my mom bought a whore, bought a excuse me bought a house. Um, oh. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> she bought a house in a new neighborhood. It was like the first house for us. We've been in apartments for a while, so she bought this house, and um, me and my sister were just kind of making friends with the neighborhood kids and. Uh, we went to one girl's house and she had a, a weird looking helmet hanging on her wall. And so I said, What's that helmet for? And she was like, Oh, I ride horses. Um, and she showed me some pictures of her on a horse and told me that she went riding at the barn right up the street. And I mean, instantly, instantly, I was just like, horses. So I, you know, started watching Saddle Club on TV and I was asking <laughs> my mom to go to like a uh, horse camp for uh, for a few months and things like that. It ended up not panning out for horse camp, but um, my mom found a stable. She actually uh, is a nurse, so she um, had a patient that had horses, and so she went and took me out to go meet this horse, and she didn't want me to ride it yet. She let me pet it and feed it some carrots, and she thought that was going to be enough. wasn't enough, so (laughs) um, she ended up finding the barn down the street that the little girl was riding at, which turned out to be Cypress Trails. I went up there and took my first ride and I just fell head over heels in love with it and haven't looked back since.
1: Oh, that's nice. Nice Mm -hmm. that you're still at the same barn.
2: Yes. And it's wonderful because that barn um, actually has a volunteer program where they give you $5 in virtual money to um, volunteer for them um, every hour. So $5 an hour um, in something called horse bucks, and you can save up and, um, buy your lessons so that's how I spent my summers I would just work from 7 a.m to 7 p.m save all my little horse bucks actually one moment hang on one second (laughs) I am writing that down that is amazing so these are horse bucks (laughs) I actually found them (laughs) in my old fanny pack a long time ago but I would work uh my entire life all day for these little five dollar horse bucks at cypress trails and i would save them up and um, buy uh, lessons i would buy trail rides i would even save them up for a long time and lease a horse for a whole month so um what daryland gave me at cypress trails is just invaluable like just the opportunity to work my way and have access to horses when otherwise i wouldn't have been able to so
0: I think I say this every time someone shares with us how they were able to afford lessons. It's usually yeah. as like working at the farm.
2: Mm-hmm. So you can yep. afford it. And <laughs>
0: yep. It's like you got to mm-hmm. do what you got to do. But y'all are awesome because right. you do it.
2: <laughs> you yeah, know? absolutely. I mean, I, I would ride my bike up there. It would, you would know, be a 30-minute bike ride, but I would ride my bike up there, feed the horses at 7, uh, feed them again at 7 p.m. and ride back home. So... <laughs> but it just it helped me is, a lot it was invaluable so mm-hmm. yeah that
1: is such a cool method
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know because sometimes people say like volunteering it, you, you don't get the same work ethic out of volunteers because they're not getting paid oh I, but, I completely disagree <laughs> well yeah well well if a system like this where it's they are still earning something Mm-hmm. Outside of just like the experience, mm-hmm. I, I think that's like the turning point right there. Like you, Absolutely. you still get them working towards a goal, mm-hmm. like it's tangible; they can
2: see it, right? And then they they benefit from it. They get a lesson. They get right. Beliefs, like right. And really, what Darlin was doing was really investing in us. Because once yeah. I became come of age, once I came of age, I did go back and work for actual money. But I was a trained employee at that point. I had put in my hours. I put in my time, and now I was a valuable employee. So she really invested in me, um, and you know the investment came back because I was able to work for her. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm.
1: awesome. I I wrote that on my sticky notes. <laughs> I I don't think I've ever heard of anything. like that. Yeah, it was great. Um, so what are some of the challenges that you have faced in your journey in the horse world?
2: Uh, so, I mean, I feel like I have faced a certain level of discrimination. Um, I have been one of those, um, grooms wranglers that has had the knowledge but not been given the opportunity before just because of how i look or that i may not have the same ideologies i'm i'm very um uh, in the way i present myself and i do this on purpose everywhere that i go i am very pro-black um and i do that for a reason um because i don't feel like i should have to um cover anything up of myself i don't feel like i should have to be um conform to anything to get opportunities um so I make that uh, a habit of mine to make sure that I you know there's a way that you speak to me you come correct and (laughs) and that's what it is so I feel like because of that because I have been so vocal about being pro-black and things like that um I haven't had as many opportunities um as other um black people that may not have been so that may have been more willing to um, change their convictions. So, um, yeah, so there have been, been moments and times where I haven't, where I've been passed over for certain things, or, um, I may have been looked at a different way, but I really feel like, uh, when you have the knowledge, it's just undeniable, you know what I mean? It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of something where when you have it, you have it, and whether other people are going to appreciate it or not, you know, that's, that's kind of, Their problem, Mm -hmm. but there will be somebody out there that can that will appreciate the knowledge that you bring and what you bring to the table.
1: Yeah, I love how
2: you said pro pro black because it's
0: like (laughs) why can't we just you know just be that without there having to be that title like that's just a part Mm -hmm. of who you are because you're Mm -hmm. proud of who you are Mm -hmm. and your background and then it reminded me of a tweet I read earlier. This guy has said oh there's another um, black person working in his office and then he was like we had a conversation and then he said I'm still the only black person
1: working
2: here <laughs> <laughs> <And> that, listen <laughs> listen, I have felt that before even being yeah. at the bond where there are other black people I've still been the only black girl and you know it gets sometimes it comes across as being um, a b-word or being aggressive or something like that But no, it's just really me being myself and just standing for what I stand for. And there's a certain line that you can cross with me and there's other ones that you cannot. So, um, you know, when you when you I think that it's really important for black people to kind of posture themselves in that way where it's not necessarily aggressive, but we are who we are and we are, you know, filling this space. We're in this space and we need to be appreciated for who we are as black people. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that 100 percent. Mm -hmm. I experienced that in the workplace and not not I haven't really had that um like around horses per se Mm -hmm. um simply because like I'm not like if I go to a show I'm not there like I don't have a trainer you know I'm not I'm just doing it on my own so right so that my interactions with people are very limited like I'll go Mm -hmm. show and then i go back to my trailer like (laughs) that's it but um but at the trail rides and stuff it's funny Mm -hmm. because I'm I feel like I'm it's like the opposite for Mm -hmm. me and I don't know if it's like the way that I talk or whatever because it's I can I can see people like change around me a little bit Mm -hmm. um like
2: oh
1: yeah you know she and I'm like what like like, (laughs) I can't help did I pronounce all my words do you know who my mama is like she (laughs) definitely black and I still gotta pronounce all my words (laughs) yeah so so I I I feel you on that and I think it's just having the integrity of Mm -hmm. of knowing who you are and being comfortable like in your own skin like it is what it is
2: yeah absolutely and it's you know I have had instances where I have been like uh I feel like one of the instances that I had at the endurance race that I went to was definitely targeted because I was a black person. Um, And it it definitely hurt my standings in that race. Um, But there's, it's hard because it's like, there's no way to really prove that, you know, Mm -hmm. but um, I I do feel like there are um, times where I have been um, racially profiled and and things like that, but Mm -hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, I just feel like uh it's it's kind of like we do have to work twice as hard, you know, and it's not fair. But uh horses are what I love. So I'll you know, I do what I can.
1: Yeah, yeah. Insert that tweet you sent me today. Yeah, I was just <laughs> thinking that <laughs> um it was I, wasn't that Amarosa. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Omarosa because I saw the other tweets but she was saying um she was being interviewed by a white woman and was like mm-hmm. yeah you can walk in this space and be mediocre and you would still get accolades but I have to be twice as yep. twice as good to exactly. you know just get gain entry you know exactly and the whole the crowd was like Ooh. <laughs> I'm like, right <laughs> And they were like, (laughs) Like, she was not trying to slay her. She was just saying the truth. And that's
2: the truth. That's the absolute truth. And so, you know, there are different ways that black people choose to approach that and some conform. I know, I know a guy that he is a completely different type of black person. He's got a whole new accent and everything else because he's working with horses and it appeals to white people when he acts that way. Um, So there's, you know, there's some people that go that route. But for me, it's really important for me to be true to myself. And, um, you know, I don't want people getting comfortable around me. I've had people where they, you know, uh, feel comfortable enough to start seeing the N-word around me. And for me, it's just not okay. (laughs) I just, (laughs) never, you know, I'm just, I try and set the bar high to where, no, Michelle doesn't tolerate that, come correct. And, you know, we just go from there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Sometimes you have to fight a little bit harder for your respect than um, something that would be automatically given to other people. So Mm -hmm. I feel you on that for sure. Uh, Next question is how has writing affected your life?
2: Oh man. Um, I would say, especially as a teenager, it definitely gave me an outlet to, um, burn some of that energy off. <laughs> uh, when I was a teenager, I had a, I had a, I wouldn't say it was a rough childhood, but I was definitely an angsty teen and, um, going to the barn and working, you know, not even just the act of riding, but just spending time with horses and being responsible for horses definitely changed my life. I'm a, I'm a more responsible person. I'm a more, um, problem-solving person I don't really play the victim a lot which is great I feel like that's that's a characteristic that most horse people have is they don't really play the victim they're very solutions driven mm-hmm. so I think that um I'm that way but also just the when I was younger just the freedom of just being able to ride a horse and the confidence it, it gave me and um that has gone into um gone into my life now but I could definitely say when I was a child it was super super important mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All of those things are like instrumental in, mm-hmm. you know, building a successful adult, you right. know, having responsibility mm-hmm. and how but having that self-esteem. Right. You know, we know, I mean, many of our interviewees have said the same thing, like it's yeah. built, it builds confidence and yeah. I mean, it's consistent. Like literally everybody experiences that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. And I would say, like, especially for women, I, you know, I've noticed that women are, um, I, I've always said that dogs are a man, man's best friend, horses are usually a girl's best friend. Yeah. And something about being a horse woman, just especially dating wise, it just makes you like a whole different type of woman. <laughs> true like, true just don't take bs like <laughs> no none of that it's like no like if i can get my butt up at five o'clock in the morning and feed the whole barn and you know do the everything else i don't know. i don't need a man for for anything really <laughs> yes, i just want your, you i don't need ours,
0: <laughs> it's our standard tire because we do a lot on our own with exactly the horses.
2: exactly yeah so
1: yeah <laughs> yeah I had to explain to my friend like like I am not trying to like demasculate you mm-hmm. or anything like that it's just like I know how to do it so I'm gonna do right. it Right.
2: yeah I'm gonna like I'm not nervous. gonna ask you to
1: open this jar of pickles if I can open it like right. I just picked it up and I can open it
2: right yeah and it's very much like let me do it like you know is <laughs> you know the guy tries to open the and it's just like wait a second, like let me try <laughs> yeah right, I, I can do so, that yeah <laughs> that's what i've noticed with with horse women in general
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that is the truth i'm a, i'm am going to make that into a sound bite <laughs> is it true your mom mom (laughs) thought this love
0: for horses was gonna go away with a few pets Mm -mm, tell her she better be glad you stuck
2: with it Mm -hmm. she is she's so glad and I mean honestly uh Darylyn is like my second mom so she really I mean Darylyn helped raise me so she's so grateful for just the the community you know they say it takes a village and that was my community you know Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. absolutely I think she's very happy with how it turned out because I was handsome, so (laughs) (laughs) Is your mom still in Houston? She's still in Houston, still in the same house. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, cool. All
0: my parents live in the same house that we grew up in.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm grateful for that because the barn is still five minutes away. So mm-hmm. every time I see her, I go to the barn. <laughs>
1: hmm Yeah. Does your sister your sister
2: catch the bug at all? No. And I tried so hard. Um she uh she went riding once when I was a younger when I was really young and I think she was like allergic and so <laughs> so she hated it and then she went back I, we went, I took her back for a birthday and she had a good time she fell off but she had a good time <laughs> and well, she hasn't come back since so I don't think it, it's, it's not much adding much. up in her favor yeah no no and that's
1: okay yeah. that's okay everybody's yeah. got their own thing <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so what advice would you give
2: to aspiring equestrians um get out there you have to find a place that's going to work for you and you have to work hard um so it's it's if you don't have the money if you're not you know someone that has the money for taking a lesson every week or you know just paying for a horse in general then just understand that you're going to have to work hard, Um, you know, no matter what you do, whether it's um, working harder in lessons because you can only get one every two weeks or physically working harder um, as far as like being a working student or a volunteer like I was, but it's a hard journey, but uh, find a community that you fit in so they can make it worthwhile.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sound, sound advice for sure. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So Another reason why we have linked up with Michelle is because we also have a passion for natural hair and natural, natural hair. hair. Yes. <laughs> so let's let's talk about that kind of segue into our hair and helmets. Okay. Series. So the first video of the series um, was just, like, a vlog of me going to Dover and mm-hmm. getting, um, getting fitted for a helmet, and it was, like,
2: it made me so tired. I was, like, ooh, I know. My I was, like, was like, like, let me just
1: speed this video up, because it was, um, it was exhausting. I was, like, y'all. It's so
2: realistic,
1: like, that's what, that's what we go through. That's what happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, just trial and error, and, mm-hmm. You know, she tried to put a um
0: the hairnet thing. Yeah, the hairnet
1: on, and she's like, "So I have my hair in a ponytail," and she's like, Mm -hmm. "No, you put the hairnet on first, and then you fold it up." And I was like, "Girl, bye." My (laughs) hair don't fold. (laughs) Like Sonic the Hedgehog, my hair was sticking out like this.
2: I was like, "Right, this
1: ain't gonna work." I'm glad I didn't
2: buy it. Like, first of all, don't fold my wash and go right
1: <laughs> i was like how is it that my hair is supposed to fold up in the helmet like yes
2: all That's this can't make fit it worse
1: <laughs> yeah it's not gonna fit that way like it wasn't working so it took it took me understanding what i needed my hair to be looking like and her understanding mm-hmm. what she was gonna have to work with for right us to finally uh come to a happy a happy medium and i'm happy with my ha- Like. I have no problem wearing this helmet now I can I can have a bun I can have I can have my hair like this and I just
2: smush it just awesome
1: yeah and then tighten it down and I still feel secure so I'm I'm very thankful for that but we also wanted to just talk about like different styles that you could wear because I mean obviously when I take the helmet off my hair just just crazy sometimes (laughs) yeah but like what are some of the styles that you usually wear when you are going
2: riding well this is definitely one of them Um, I live in this hairstyle it's literally just like a flat twist and then it's like a little fold over bun it's not even like a fancy one it's just a little fold over bun back there Mm -hmm. but I live in this hairstyle because um, like you said sometimes when we have our hair loose it looks really pretty and it may even fit in the helmet but once we take it off it's a whole different story. So mm-hmm. this one kind of stays put. Um, I don't really have to worry about the flat t- twist too much. The bun is simple. So if it does get like smushed, I just take it down real quick, fluff it out, redo it. Mm-hmm. So um I live in this hairstyle. I'm always like this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I I used to too, honestly. And I mm-hmm. I usually for my my week, mm-hmm. I'll do like I'll just do like single two strands for like two or three days. Yeah, and then take it out and just do a twist out for yeah. However many days this one's really old. Like I need yeah. to probably wash it today. <laughs> um, <Pretty> well. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> oh my god, I was I went to do a reading today to some kids, mm-hmm. and I held the book up and I was like, "It's Cowgirl Cameron and the Crazy Hair Day," and the little boy was like, "That girl looks just like you." And oh I my was, gosh. Oh. <laughs> we go moment you gotta go. right i was just like he was mm. using his context clues he was
0: making observations uh, yeah you know okay. kids gotta put two and two
2: together i know i'm
1: like okay little kid yeah what's your kids name
2: observations yeah <laughs> but i died mean, i died you <laughs> <laughs>
1: but yeah, so I, I am down for the flat twist. I, I, um, sometimes will do them like all the way, like, yeah, like one, I guess there's like four of them, I think. Yeah. Um, and then rocking a bun is always yep. a good option, but mm-hmm. even, even the, I'll do like, um, not a French braid. I guess, French twist, like the two of them. Yep. Down. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say those are kind of my my go-to's if i've if i've actually
2: planned like my life and i know same (laughs) same so it sounds like our hairstyles are like really really similar in what Mm -hmm. we do for writing because that's literally what i live in and it's so important natural hair wise because um, i did go through a period of time where i was wearing my hair loose in my helmet and I started experiencing like breakage on the sides mm. because my helmet has Velcro in it, like the little liner and everything mm-hmm. has Velcro. And I just yank it off my head and I was doing trail rides all day. So I was putting it on, yanking it off. So after a while it took a toll on my hair. So um, for now, I've just I've just experienced that I have much better retention, leap retention when I have my ends put away or when it's tucked in a bun or something and not so vulnerable to all that Velcro and stuff in there. Um, yeah. But we should really make like a silk, like a silk liner or something. I was
0: perhaps. just about to <laughs> that up.
2: Yes. It was like that all
0: pressure yeah, all the moisture out of your hair, wearing those helmets, yeah, padding in it, and all of that. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah that's a good point. How to do it. So I don't know. Like I guess like velcro on the other side and like stick it on there. I haven't. I haven't but I was like,
0: you know what, maybe I'll just wear my bonnet to the barn and just, like, put the helmet on top of the bonnet.
1: Yeah. <laughs> your bonnet, yeah. it comes down, because Trishman used to do that. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be, like, <laughs> right. bonnet. Yeah. Like a mushroom.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: Right. Yeah. On the bottom. <laughs> well, honestly, it, it might be even something as simple as, um, let me go get my thing I sleep in. It's not a bonnet. Here. <laughs> so this, so I don't even know what this is okay so a scarf yeah it's like a scarf but it has it ties around the okay around the top yeah Mm -hmm. um so even if it was something like that not with this much material I got a big one because I had
2: I had Mm -hmm. braids
1: like extensions um
2: I don't even know what it's called I had a friend, she used to wear something similar to that. So I don't know if you guys have seen like the doctors, when they go to operate, they wear like those skull caps and Mm -hmm. they're kind of similar to that. So they're smaller Mm -hmm. and they have like, like almost shoestring style ribbons. But I had a friend, she would, yeah, so she would wear that, but it wasn't silk. It was just a cotton one. I think she was wearing it for like sweat protection. Mm -hmm. If it was silk, that could be
1: Can y'all see what this says? Cameron's BFF. <laughs> How, Sway?
2: <laughs> Serendipity. <laughs> that is funny. That just
1: blew my mind. Yeah. Um. But yeah, even if it was something like this, like just for riding, or maybe like the back of it was out so that you could kind of tuck the ends, that might be yeah. a good idea. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, that might be a million dollar idea. Let me write that on my sticky note. There you go. <laughs> <spot> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Ybe on everything. We we giving everybody the credit. Hey,
2: that's a hey, that's a good idea. Especially if it was like Ybe branded. Mm-hmm.
1: Pretty good. See, you know what? All right. <laughs> anyway, so um. So let's see. So Caitlin, Sherry, I just want you to share your experience with your locks. Cause we've talked to what one Raving. person. Yeah. One person. Yeah. She has sister locks and she doesn't wear helmets um all the time per se, but she did say it was much better as far as dealing with humidity and keeping her cowgirl hat on and all mm-hmm. that. So would you have the same? So But when I got my first helmet, I had an
0: afro, and that does look crazy. (laughs) That looked crazy if I didn't twist it up. So when I transitioned to locks, you know how in the beginning, they're kind of really thin. Mm -hmm. So it was just like, I just put it on. It didn't really matter. But now they're thicker. They're, like, much, much thicker. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I put my helmet on, which I probably need to get a new one, it's really tight. And I just had to put them on, put it my hair in, like, a low ponytail.
2: Because mm-hmm. if I just let
0: it hang, it looks crazy. Like, all the locks mm-hmm. are just sticking out like, <laughs> like that. Because mm-hmm. it's so tight here and then the locks are just like this.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So, I, I have the thing like you have, Brianna, that you can screw it to tighten it in the back.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. And I, I had to use that part. <laughs> but it yeah, is not like a style that I can do because I feel like if I put barrel twist in it or something, it it'll be too tight. thick. Yeah.
1: Yeah
0: just a little ponytail or let it hang down, but that looks crazy if I just mm-hmm. let it hang down.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> so that's interesting. You have a similar um, dial on your helmet as I do, and it helps so much. I think you, you'll see it in the video. I have a little dial on the back of my helmet as well. Mm-hmm. And I love that because I stick my bun and then I put the dial part around my neck here, Mm -hmm. and it makes it nice and tight, it doesn't wobble around, so, and that's helped, because sometimes when I do have, like, braids and things like that, I don't need it so tight, so I can just, you know, let it out, so that's been helpful as well. Yeah,
1: and that was one of the things I, I've found out when, um, looking for the helmets, like, I had one, I had a tipperary, and I was like, ooh, that's fancy, Mm -hmm. and it, it fit, like, I could put it on my head, but it it wasn't comfortable it was it was a little tight like right here Mm -hmm. and by that time I'm like I feel like I'm about to pass out like (laughs) whatever Mm -hmm. this pressure point is is like hurting but having that flexibility of the adjustable back whether it be Mm -hmm. Troxel or whatever brand Mm -hmm. um I think is more helpful you know say somebody else wants to ride and you want them to wear A helmet also, you know, you Mm -hmm. don't have just one size Mm -hmm. because one size doesn't fit all. Right. Um, But I like the point that y'all made about the, um, the foam, the foam, one, the foam drying your hair out because that's what it is, is it's supposed to wick the moisture, Mm -hmm. but two, making sure that you have enough in there, you know, so that the Velcro doesn't start snagging your hair. Because mm-hmm. um, I've I've made that mistake also. Like the way that the helmet was at the very top of it, like I felt like my head wasn't getting to the very top, so I just ignored the fact that there was no Velcro, mm-hmm. and that thing snagged so much.
2: Yeah. So
0: need mm-hmm. <clears throat> <clears> for <throat> that's something else I wonder because you know, say if I were still riding. Um, if I still have my afro and then I were to put that on my helmet. My afro between my my actual head, my skull, and then the afro and then the helmet, there's like all that space that's right there. You know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm just like, did they think about anybody else? Right. <laughs> you know, did they test these with dummies that have hair? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: hair.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And I but, think it's
1: it's about like the shape of the helmet which I didn't realize there was two shapes there's like a circular shape and the oval shape yeah um and then there's like depth to it Mm -hmm. you know whether it's really deep and you can kind of sit down and it goes all the way to the back of your neck Uh, right not that low but like right here Mm
2: -hmm.
1: or if it's if it's like like a egg cut in cut the long way like shallow Mm -hmm and just a circle and it's just supposed to sit and then you know it's all the way up here right so i think it i think it also depends on the the type of helmet because the one i have now like I, I when i smush it down i can feel it on the back of my head like i don't yep. have that much space mm-hmm. like you were mentioning like like a cone helmet <laughs> yeah. but um it, it's it's snug like it doesn't
2: hurt but i can. I can feel it all the way around. Mm-hmm. I definitely think the burden lies on the consumer. You know, um, we you have to make sure that you have a, a properly fitting helmet. If there's a lot of space in there, you know, the the people at, you know, Stateline Tech or whatever, they'll help you. But really the burden is on on yourself. You have to make sure that you have something that's fitting good. And um, mm-hmm. when you go in to try on a helmet, try it on in, in a hairstyle that you're probably going to be riding in. Mm-hmm. Um, So I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, for sure, for sure.
0: Guys with short hair don't have these issues. I know,
1: right? (laughs) Men don't have half the issues that women do. Yeah. (laughs) Golly. (laughs) They just, just, their biggest issue is, oh my God, I got to wear breeches. Right. Mm, Like, (laughs) come on now. (laughs) But anywho, all right, Michelle, is there any other gems you would like to share with the YBE community? I know we're going to have you on again, but anything you can think of that you would want to
2: share for the, to the people? Um, Yeah, so I was just thinking about the liners as well, and uh, I have a Troxel helmet. Um, my Troxel helmet has something called a flip fold liner that really helps out a lot as well. Um it's kind of shaped like a rectangle and if you need something that's a little closer fitting you just fold down the rectangle and it'll, it'll be more fabric so it's snugger on the sides mm-hmm. if you need something out of snug you just unfold it and it's looser so um, even finding different helmet liners can definitely help with fit um and you yeah, can buy those separately right you can buy those separately so mm-hmm. let's say if you have a temporary helmet but you can't make it fit. I don't know if Tipperary has different liners or anything like that that have flip hole or any type of features like that, but you can get a Troxel liner and um, it has flip fold.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's Ooh. a good point. That's a good point, awesome. Well, I think the next time we'll have you on, we'll talk about um, like actual hair care um, okay. as far as, you know, moisture and conditioning and all that because I feel like a lot of times we horse people period neglect ourselves when it Uh, comes to our horses so true so in the name of self-care we'll chat a little bit more about you know maintaining and you know Uh, length retention stuff like that stuff okay people care about (laughs) so all right well thank you so much for talking to us today and taking time out of your day to chat yes
2: thank you all so much for having me I appreciate it so much and we
1: are gonna have some of Michelle's um little tutorials on our page as well so that you can see exactly how she achieves the styles that she mentioned today in her video, in her interview, I mean. (laughs) Thank you, Michelle. Yes, thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Young Black Equestrians. Head over to our YouTube channel under the Lifestyle Playlist and check out Michelle's natural hair videos for styles to wear when wearing a helmet. Be sure to subscribe to our channel and leave a comment. Let us know what you think. What kind of styles do you wear when you wear a helmet? See you guys next week.